The Miami Dolphins are playing their second preseason game of 2023 against the Houston Texans on Saturday. Who should play? What are we watching? That here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is technically Friday, August 18th. Could also be Saturday, August 19th, depending on where you are. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free terms and conditions apply. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you guys who are locked in with us on a daily basis because it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. So the Dolphins getting ready to play the Houston Texans and kind of the magic question is what storylines do we have to watch? Who's going to play in the game? Who should play in the game? I got some thoughts. This is why we're doing this show. Uh, the first thing that I have uh, is who I think should play. And I think selective starters uh, should play in this contest. If not anybody who is projected to be in the starting lineup, that is not dealing with some kind of lingering uh, minor injury issue uh, front and center in this conversation for me, obviously is quarterback to a tongue of a low. I don't want him to play a half. I don't want him to play a bunch, but I would like to see him get some game action. And I think about Tua and what last season ended like for Tua tongue of a low. And if the objective of training camp in the preseason is to get your players ready, to play regular season football and get them ready to play games that you are playing for keeps. I think you're doing Tua Tungavaloa a disservice if the first time he touches the field after the way the season ended last season is in week one against the Chargers. And I understand the apprehension talking about, well, what happens if uh, you, you run him out there in the preseason game and he gets banged up? Look, it's football. It's contact sports. Guys have to get ready for contact. Guys have to have live action. I understand we just had an injury scare with Teron Armstead. Some of y'all in the YouTube comments got to chill out with the disrespectful comments for Teron Armstead, man. We're sitting here wanting more investments in the offensive line and this this uh, great investment that the Dolphins had. He, he signed for five years, $75 million. Mike McGlinchey signed one year later for $87.5 million over five years. Tron Armstead's a better player. I'd rather have the better player for 13 games than an adequate level starter for an extra 12 million over five years. That's just, that's my opinion on it anyway. Um, so I understand we had the injury scare with Teron Armstead with him getting rolled up on. And uh, that has everybody kind of hyper aware of the dangers of preseason football and taking snaps. But well, Tehran has to take these some of these snaps too, not a ton of these snaps, but some of these snaps too. And he was getting them in the joint practices. I never would have guessed you'd see Tehran Armstead in the preseason games themselves. 
to get their bodies ready for the demands and the rigors of playing a violent sport for 60 minutes for 17 times in 18 weeks and hopefully more football beyond that at the end of the rainbow because you've qualified for the playoffs and hopefully more than 18 games too with this outlook for the Dolphins. So I think about guys like Zach Sealer. We won't include Christian Wilkins because of his ongoing contract negotiations. I'm not surprised that didn't get done this week when the team was in Houston. Uh, we'll see if there's any traction as soon as the team gets done uh, to getting a contract done. But I think about Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Xavier Howard and Tyree Kill. Maybe not Jalen Waddle, who's dealing with a minor dinged injury right now. Uh, Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, Tua Tungvaloa, getting these guys a little bit of action. And I think if you use this as the dress rehearsal for a lot of guys, then the third preseason game against Jacksonville, the focus can be instead on let's really evaluate who uh, the right pieces are to keep on the 53-man roster for cutdowns. But um, I do think this is a, an interesting decision. That would be what my decision would be. Just wait. Uh, I'll post this podcast, and then they will announce that the starters won't play. And uh, there you go. The first six minutes or so of the podcast, you could skip right over. And my apologies if that is the case. Um, but if it were me, that would be the value in the, the starters playing some reasonably meaningful snaps 10 12 snaps one possession two possessions if you go three and out um and i just think about two atonga below and the importance of that of uh, getting your feet wet again after a season ending injury at the end of the year last year all of the work that he has done and the rigors that he has done look you could come out you could throw a couple call a couple nakeds and 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 call a couple runs and if you move down the field great and if not you got your feet wet, but it's a part of the process uh, to be able to swim. You got to be able to get in the water. And, you know, from my perspective, that's where I, I think this contest against Houston versus the following week against Jacksonville, when you're getting ready to make all your roster cut down decisions. Um, this is a pretty popular week to do that for a lot of teams. And if I were Mike McDaniel, that would probably be, um, what I would choose to do, especially because you did have the joint practices. So you have an opportunity to say, okay, here's what we saw in the two days of practice. We're going to try to capitalize on that and just use that as extra reinforcement of game plan and install and application of the things that you learned about your team throughout the course of the week. But that's, that's how I would do it. I'm not Mike McDaniel, but if I were, that's how I would choose to handle it. Uh, we are going to talk about trends on each side of the ball next here on this episode of locked on dolphins. These days, every potential new hire feels like a high-stakes wager for you and your small business, and that's why you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Do so with LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile so that people know that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you could quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So as we uh, get ready to talk trends in this football game, consider this your open invitation to join us on the Locked On Dolphins subtext as well. Uh, you can text Dolphins to 305-419-3924. Sign up, get your first two weeks free. Uh, we have an open communication for you to talk with me. Uh, and then we also have a, a community that's being set up and in the process of being set up. And uh, some of the subtexters have jumped over into there. And I plan on hanging out with them for the course of the game on Saturday and given my thoughts as the game unfolds, which I'm looking forward to. And then obviously we'll have a post game reaction podcast for everybody else. So um, you can get a feel for it the first two weeks for free. If you like it, it's a couple bucks a month. If not, no worries, but text dolphins to 305-419-3924. Uh, check out locked on dolphin subtext community, get a chance to uh, be able to talk a little bit more directly with me and, and process this dolphins team that we're also excited about uh, offensively. Trends for me would love to see some more separation for wide receiver three. I'm looking at Braxton Berrios. I'm looking at Cedric Wilson. Can we get Robbie Chosen playing Eric Azucama? Like you have this fascinating room of receivers that all have a selling point for Braxton Berrios. It's the slot short area acceleration for Robbie chosen. It's the vertical separation components that he brings for Cedric Wilson. It's kind of the well-roundedness. And then for Eric, as you comments, the raw potential that you have the worst possible thing for all of these vets would be Eric as to come out and drop another banger of a football game. And I, for one, am here for it. I am absolutely here for it. Uh, because Azukama with the versatility that he flashed last week, if that's the deal, if that's the guy you're going to get, his touches might not be plentiful, but his touches are going to be impactful. So for me is Braxton Barrios felt like he had a really good week of practice this week against Houston. Can he parlay that into success in the game? And look, he's getting a reasonable chunk of change. He's going to be here. He's going to handle kicks for us. And he's going to be the slot receiver frequently. But when the Dolphins are in the early downs and they want to have some threat of running the football and they're going to run 11 personnel, Azukama, like that body type, that explosiveness, there's a role here. It's a much more profound version of the uh, Mike Gusecki slash Trent Sherfield big slot type role. And if you can add extra layers to that, that's the evolution of the offense. So can Braxton Barrios stave that off? Can Robbie Chosen get some traction after he's, you know, it's kind of been the, the peaks in the valleys with him. And then obviously Cedric Wilson with the investment that the Dolphins have in him based on their pre Tyree kill contract that they signed him to. You'd like to see him find his footing and be a really reliable player. I don't think we've necessarily gotten that yet. So if all those guys are going to lace them up and play that offensively for me is the most fascinating layer to this offense, because I think some of the other storylines have played themselves out to a certain degree. I think you've seen Lee Meikenberg get past and not only past lapped by the competition, whether it's Isaiah Wynn, who's the leader in the clubhouse, Robert Jones, they're still giving Lester Cotton a little bit of an extended look there. I would guess it's one of those other two guys, and, and my pick, obviously, is Isaiah Wynn. Now, 
if he laces him up with the ones and you get him next to Connor Williams and presumably Kendall Lamb, I'm going to be watching real close because <laughs> um, if you can get some push and some momentum, I think that would be a really exciting development for another layer that a lot of people are kind of anxious and eager about as well. How, how successful can the run game be? And my expectation is when we'll lace him up. My expectation is when we'll play. He played a half a football last week, let alone this week. So maybe he plays less this week than he does last week, and that would be a win for him. So as I'm watching Isaiah win, I kind of want to see him play less because that means he's trending towards being that guy in that spot. Uh, as far as the running backs go, I'd probably keep Raheem Mostert light. Um, I'd love to see an extended look at these, these bottom of the running back or bottom of the running back room players as well. Um, I think, you'd know, largely based on the sample size in the system, what you have in Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I know Raheem kind of had some, um, scheduled rest days. Jeff Wilson's kind of been banged up here or there to some degree. Let's get Ahmed and Miles Gaskin and Devon A. Chain out here and, one of those three guys probably is not going to be on this roster when it's all said and done. I think he'll probably carry four backs plus a fullback. Uh, so the numbers are not friendly for one of these players who would will probably get scooped off off up off waiver wires from somebody else across the league. I think they're they're you've got five competent backs. I know uh, the Miles Gaskin storyline has kind of exhausted himself as a 2019 seventh round draft pick that's been here for now five years. Uh, and and the limitations have made themselves apparent, and he kind of flashed early, but uh, plateaued and regressed in certain areas. Protection stands out as one area for him. Um, this is a big preseason for him, in my mind. So you can miss me with the running back component of uh, players who don't have the storyline that Tua Tungvaloa has. And obviously Raheem Mostert got hurt at the end of last year, and I understand that as well. But uh, th there's a workload component with the running back position that I think with guys that are seasoned vets and, and experienced in the system, you probably feel a little bit less stress to play. So what my plan would be for, for Tua Tonga-Valoa is probably one series unless it's a three and out, and that way it'd be two series. Um I'd run some some quick RPOs. I'd run some screens. I'd let him get his feet wet. I'd run the ball. And you hope you go down, you execute. I'd, I'd put a reasonable amount of effort into an opening script. Try and have some offensive success and use that as a building block. And whenever that first series ends after that, Mike White, I, I know, had the first run last week. It sounds like it will probably be Skylar Thompson from an evaluation window. But Skyler's hanging on in this QB2 competition by, like, the slightest of margins. Um, or, or the, not the slightest of margins, not, that's not the word I want to use. He's falling off the pace very quickly. So Skyler Thompson needs a good performance against the Texans. And putting him out here with a lot of the players who played the first half effectively against the Falcons from an evaluation period, I'm going to not be surprised if that's the case. But as practices continue to unfold, Skyler's losing ground. 
And I think this will be a critical battleground for Skylar Thompson in his bid to continue jostling for that QB two. So those are some of the offensive storylines that that I'm kind of keyed in on and really interested in. We are going to finish with defensive storylines here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Defensively. Man, it's so hard without Christian Wilkins to, like, what are we going to talk about, Raekwon Davis? And, like, can we see some flashes of extra versatility there up front? If I'm going to start up front, um, we kind of know what Raekwon Davis is. Now you could say, okay, well, Brandon Peely, Deshaun Hand, these are the guys. I, I think the biggest issue the Dolphins will have in a preseason game where your starters, your top three guys, one of whom is holding out or holding in technically anyway, Sealer, Davis, and Wilkins. You're going to get maybe 10, 12 snaps from Sealer and Davis. Beyond that, the vast majority of these guys are not NFL bodies. So how they hold up, it will probably determine the outcome of the game, which is the last thing that I'm worried about, if we're being honest. But that's kind of where my expectations are, are kind of tempered. So that's where I'd love to see Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips get a couple of snaps or really get a look at what the first team defense looks like against Houston with, again, a, a pretty solid offensive line. And, and uh, it was announced from Houston's perspective, C.J. Stroud's going to start the game. It sounds like they're going to run the ones for a, a decent amount of time. And uh, Miami's ability to to match up with them in that live setting, um, I think, could be a nice catapult. But if you're only going to get Sealer and Davis out there for a handful of plays, and then they're off, you got a lot of stress on guys that, heaven forbid, they're going against the ones. If you get Peely, Bronson, Hand, Twyman, Randy Charlton, like if these guys are out here. And that's largely it for interior players when you go even front. These guys are out here against the Texans. One, they're going to run the ball right down your throat. So how much work do you get for Sealer and Davis? How does Houston match the ones up front? The depth is going to be a problem unless they surprise. Uh, I, I guess we'll find out. Obviously, with these this kind of battle, I think you do have Wilkins, Davis, Sealer, and Deshaun Hand is kind of shoe-ins uh, for interior defensive lineman roster spots. You're still going to have at least one spot open. Is it Peely? I know they gave him a decent amount of UDFA money and guaranteed money to come here. I don't think so. I'd be surprised unless they just have absolutely nothing to pick from. But there's going to be vet nose tackles that are out there. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Deshaun Elliott has probably a continued chance to put his flag in the ground for that other safety spot. Obviously, Brandon Jones, Mike McDaniel talked earlier this week and alluded to uh, Brandon Jones is is dealing with some bumps and bruises from pushing himself in his rehab, and they're protecting him from himself, which is wise and smart to do. Um, but that opens the door. Again, for Deshaun Elliott and Elijah Campbell and Trill Williams, and which of those guys rises to that occasion. That's what I'm really interested in. And look, Cam Smith's probably not going to play. 
Uh, I would expect Xavier Howard's going to get very limited run, if any run. What do you see from Cater Kohu? I know he practiced after kind of being talked about getting banged up. I'd suspect if he's practicing and then not in a red contact jersey, you'll, you would see him in the chance that they run the ones out there. You also have this unfolding storyline with Eli Apple, no Igbenogany. Not to be lost on this discussion for corners. I said it last week. Um, but Keon Crossan's running out of time. The Dolphins just had um, another veteran. They just met with Bryce Callahan uh, as a potential nickel corner. He's experienced in this system. It would be a home run signing. I know he's 32 years old, but he played for vet minimum last year. That'd be a home run signing. If you're looking in the nickel, right? Like right now you're down Jalen Ramsey. Right now you're down Nick Needham. Right now you're down Keon Crossan. Right now you're down Justin Bethel. So you are you have a lot of bodies with various degrees of bumps and bruises and bangs. And Cater uh, Kohu's the next nickel, but what happens if he's playing outside or what happens if he he's bumped up and you want to protect him from himself? I think you project this 53-man roster, that backup nickel spot is available. And that's the kind of guy that could come in and totally change the elements of what your secondary looks like in my mind, because of how experienced he is as a nickel where the athleticism is not quite as paramount and the instincts that he has playing in this scheme would really move the needle for me. So I'm kind of looking at the nickels that the dolphins have. And I know Bryce Thompson played some uh, there this past week, Perry Nickerson, they signed my expectations aren't high there. Who pops? Because if it's nobody, then the Bryce Callahan thing might might happen sooner rather than later. So those are the storylines that I have on defense. We obviously covered the storylines that we have on offense. And I made my thoughts known on what I would choose to do with the reps in the meantime for the starters. We'll see what the Dolphins give us. You can make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I'll be back after the game. Talk about what we saw, give my impressions, and then after that we'll be grinding the tape, and then we'll have two episodes, one dedicated to the offense and one dedicated to the defense with the coaches' film, all 22 observations, notes, and grading as well. So looking forward to that. Hope you guys hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a good one, and I will be back to talk to you all again after the game. Fins up.